Hello and welcome everybody to What's Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Alia from Alia Yoga. The focus of today's episode is sharing ways to develop your intuition so as to deepen the relationship you have with yourself and your inner guidance. I'm looking forward to sharing with you some suggestions for intuitive movement and intuitive eating today. What's Wellness Podcast episodes discuss your well-being and relationships with yourself, with one another, and with the planet. I talk about individual and also universal principles of wellness. I share wellness journeys, stories, and practices that connects with the physical, energetic, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being for individuals. Keep in mind, I am not a doctor. I'm a yoga teacher, spin instructor, and former world-ranked professional tandem surfer. I love to infuse yoga philosophy, breath awareness techniques, mindfulness, and an understanding of how different practices intertwine with your wellness experience. From meditation to physical movement, how do you fuel your body, and also how do you rest and recover? These principles all tie into the whole and relate to your well-being. Thank you for tuning in today, and we will get started right away with the wise words of the week. Today's inspirational quote that resonates and inspires me comes from Brian L. Weiss. Brian says, Come from the heart, the true heart, not the head. When in doubt, choose the heart. This does not mean to deny your own experiences and that which you have empirically learned through the years. It means to trust yourself to integrate intuition and experience. There is a balance, a harmony to be nurtured between the head and the heart. When the intuition rings clear and true, loving impulses are favored. I love that quote, and it resonates with today's episode as well. If this is your first time tuning into What's Wellness with Alia Yoga, welcome and thank you for finding me here. It's wonderful to be able to connect with you in this way. And if you've been tuning in and following along, thank you so much for your ongoing support. I hope you're enjoying and learning something from these episodes, as they're certainly a labor of love with the intention to make a positive impact and continue to be of service to the community. In addition, I love to be interactive with you, and if there are topics you want covered, questions you want answered, or if you have a wellness story or information you'd like to share, please get in touch with me. My email is alia at aliayoga.com, spelled A-H-L-I-A. I love to share information from my years teaching yoga and leading teacher trainings and especially enjoy connecting yoga philosophy to everyday life and how we can implement some simple mindfulness practices and awareness for more wellness on all levels. In an Alia yoga class, you'll experience a style of practice or a format 
that I call intuitive vinyasa yoga or ivy and this has been an evolution of my style's progression from over the years. My physical body loves to move and explore sensations and it also has its own set of limitations. Some days I feel strong and ready to experience progress forward in my practice and other days I lean into more softness restfulness for repair and recovery so as to balance out the strength muscle energy that we may call masculine energy with the compassionate healing connected feminine energy. Both are needed and necessary to create harmony from the inside out. To cultivate a practice that allows for balance between masculine and feminine strength and softness effort and ease, I developed the IV format so that a group of individuals can tune in to discover where they are today from that standpoint and then move in the direction that fosters more connection with oneself in the moment. To explain more simply, I give options, layers, variations, and modifications throughout the practice that each practitioner can choose based on how they are feeling physically, energetically, mentally, and emotionally in that moment for that practice. Everyone can cultivate this inner awareness. However, it takes some effort and discipline to trust and listen to this inner awareness. So often, I found myself pushing strength and power on days when my body really needed to surrender and repair which can be rather counterproductive, especially with regards to deepening one's relationship with trusting the guidance of intuition. In my mind, the idea of actual ivy growing like a vine, when you trim this ivy back, it can grow stronger and fuller. The physical postures done on a yoga mat or the asana practice, which is the third limb of yoga, hint hint for the next eight limbs of yoga episode, they're designed to help open and prepare the body and mind for more inner work and meditation. Deepening your relationship with yourself and trusting the guidance you receive is an ongoing practice that results in learning how to take the best possible care of yourself. I invite students to practice being unapologetically, authentically yourself on your mat and translate that practice off the mat as well. Rather than trying to be like anyone else, learning deeply who you are and what you need and how to fulfill those needs for yourself is a crucial part of the evolution that I believe will create more compassion for others and for ourselves. When I come back after a very short break, I'll dive deeper into intuitive movement and intuitive eating. Please stay tuned. back to talk about two practices that I actively participate in. First, intuitive movement and then intuitive eating. It's important to share that there is no set guideline for these practices. It's more about leaning in to what your body needs and wants rather than following a protocol or a set structure. 
In addition, I use the term movement rather than exercise because I feel like the term exercise conjures up an idea of a style of movement that may put in a box what you do or don't do during the time you practice moving intuitively. Intuitive movement is learning how to feel into sensations in your body and moving in a way that feels good moves energy, creates a sense of balance and harmony, and stays true to where you are physically and energetically in a given moment. Many times for me, intuitive movement practices include various types of movement depending on how I feel, which helps to inspire my flow. I may start with some yoga asana postures and move on to foam rolling and then dance around the room, shake my body to move energy, and then lie down to settle in and breathe. Other times it's pausing while working on my computer to do neck rolls and gentle seated twists. I'll do arms overhead and side bends to lengthen and stretch for two or three minutes in between my thoughts. It's important to discover what times of the day your body feels like movement and incorporating this activity into your schedule at the time or times when your body is most inspired for it. For some, this can change from one day to the next. For others, creating some types of routine and structure can help you keep motivated to do the practice. The concept is this. Pay attention to what your body is craving and connect to it. It's a mindfulness practice that begins even before you start the movement. And while you're in the process, pay attention to how your body feels while you're moving. Be intentional and engage with the experience. Become a witness to what your body is telling you and learn as you go. Embody the experience, meaning be in your body and let the sensations your body craves guide you in the direction of your movements. There's no wrong way to do this. When distractions arise, and they will, notice them. Whether it's a thought or a notification on your phone, let these distractions occur and be aware of that. And then move on to the next moment and back into your body. By giving yourself permission to be unapologetically, authentically yourself, you can move from a place of non-judgment and without attachment or expectation. Set an intention to be mindful and really listen to and honor your body and what you feel today and to be present with it all. If you find yourself allowing distractions to take you out of the moment and away from the practice, then try setting a timer for 5 10, 15 minutes, or whatever amount of time you feel like, and honor that amount of time. Try incorporating a few minutes of stillness, seated or laying down, at the end of your movement to integrate and absorb all the benefits of your practice. Keep in mind, some days you may feel like including strength, building options like push-ups or sit-ups, and some days you may feel like laying down and barely moving. Both are beneficial. Both are important to incorporate and both ends of the spectrum help to deepen the relationship you have with yourself and with your intuition.
Moving on to another topic that fascinates me, and that's intuitive eating. Intuitive eating and intuitive movement are much the same, that they require tuning into your body and what it needs and wants without judgment or expectation, and then making choices for how to care for yourself on the physical level of what and how you eat. What I'm about to share is not a diet or a meal plan. It's not about losing weight. It's about learning how to fuel your body and give it what it needs to function the best possible. There is one major difference between intuitive eating and intuitive movement, and that is the concept of giving into an urge. Intuitive movement requires you to identify your body's urges or desires and move from that place. Whereas intuitive eating requires you to identify urges and desires, but rather than giving into them without thought or reason, actually taking a pause to step back and identify why you are craving this thing in this moment. From a broad view of society, people often eat out of boredom rather than hunger. And from the standpoint of your microbiome or your bacteria in the digestive system that are supposed to help you break down food and nutrients, your cravings may actually be what feeds those bacteria in your gut rather than what is going to fuel your body. For example, a lot of the, quote, bad bacteria that may contribute to digestive problems and dysbiosis Those bacteria crave sugar and dairy. So when your body signals a craving or an urge for something sugary or something dairy like ice cream or other sugary treats, it may actually be the bugs in your gut that are craving the sugar, which will only take you further from the goal of healing and well-being. Now, I'm not saying it's bad to have ice cream or to have treats. In fact, I'm a big believer in celebrating and savoring the things that I enjoy rather than depriving myself. Practice checking in first, though. Pause before you reach for something and be mindful about what you're about to have and also about how much of it you eat. I practice intuitive eating and find that my body craves a lot of carbohydrates and quite a bit of fat. My body also craves protein throughout the day in various forms. I find myself the most satisfied with a big breakfast, a small lunch, and a healthy-sized dinner with some snacks in between. Now, if you know me, you know I'm very little. I'm about 5 feet tall and under 100 pounds, but I eat a lot. I've learned to recognize when my body is hungry versus when I'm bored and want something to eat or snack on. I also have become aware that if I sit down with a bag of chips and eat mindlessly, I can go through way more than I actually wanted or what my body actually needed. Instead of denying myself those chips, however, I'll put some in a bowl, and once those are done, I pause to check in to see if I'm really satisfied or if I want more. And if I want more, is it because I'm still hungry, or am I just in the mood to snack? At that point, I'll reflect again and decide, do I still need to eat the chips, or can I move on to something else like protein or veggies? It's all a mindfulness practice. And this is how the practice has progressed for me. 
It's the same with treats and dessert. I have treats when my body craves them. But one thing I've started doing in the past few years is to create homemade treats that taste delicious but have more health benefits than their pre-packaged alternatives. For example, I'll take a bunch of bananas, quarter them, and freeze them. In my high-speed blender, I'll put frozen banana, coconut milk, or coconut cream, sunflower seed butter, a little bit of salt, and either chocolate or vanilla protein powder. I make a delicious creamy dessert. It's just like ice cream. And yes, there's still sugar. It's sweet from the bananas, and depending on what protein powder, that adds flavor as well. It has good fat from the coconut and the sunflower seed butter. And as an alternative to ice cream, I know that I'm eating something much better for my body. I've been known also to make a chocolate sauce with coconut oil in a small pot. I add cacao powder, honey or maple syrup, and sometimes I add chocolate protein powder to it as well. Lastly, when I'm hungry for something healthy and need to pack the nutrients into something light and quick, I'll take a scoop or two of protein powder, a spoonful of sunflower seed butter, a sprinkle of pink Himalayan salt, and if needed, I'll drizzle a little bit of honey on top. I add water and mix it up until a fluffy Play-Doh texture is formed, and I eat that as a yummy, healthy snack. It's very fast and easy, and I find it to be delicious and satisfying. For the three recipes I just shared, you may be wondering why I use sunflower seed butter rather than more traditional almond or peanut butter, and that's because I'm highly sensitive and very reactive to most nuts and seeds. I also can't tolerate inflammatory foods like corn, soy, gluten, and dairy. They cause a lot of pain and problems in my digestive system. I also react that way to beans and legumes, and recently also to oats as well. At this time, my body isn't able to process bell peppers, onion, garlic, or raw vegetables, including spinach and kale and other leafy greens, so my options are very limited. I do fine with coconut, and I do great with this sunflower seed butter. And for carbohydrates, I rely on rice, cassava, yams, and sweet potatoes, as well as fruits and vegetables. The chips that I eat and absolutely love are made out of cassava, and those feel great in my belly. Another aspect of intuitive eating has nothing to do with what you eat and has everything to do with how. Are you eating in your car on your way to work? Are you scarfing food down as you're getting ready and doing a million other things? Are you aware of chewing your food and how it smells, the texture and tastes? Are you taking time between bites to be present, savor, and enjoy your food? If you have any digestive challenges similar to what I experience, I've noticed and found that it's really important how I eat, not just what I eat. Here's why. The sympathetic nervous system is responsible for actions like fight, flight, or freeze. When you're in an excited state, such as multitasking or running out the door or on your way somewhere, even if you're not needing to fight or flee, the response of your nervous system is to direct blood flow to your extremities in preparation for using your arms and legs and the major muscles located there. 
This is a natural process that occurs whether you're aware of it or not. Contrast with the responsive parasympathetic nervous system, which governs rest and digest and repair for your body. When you successfully downregulate your nervous system, blood flows away from your major muscles and extremities and goes to your digestive system and internal organs. Have you ever done a gentle or restorative yoga class and suddenly you can feel your digestive system turn on? This is from the parasympathetic nervous system response to a style of practice designed for downregulating. Other practices include meditation and deep breathing. Notice if you are watching TV while eating, what type of response or signal your brain is sending your body. Are you stressed and tense while watching the news? If so, that may result in difficulty digesting not only what's on the news, but what you're eating simultaneously. Without denying yourself, learn to identify the feelings or reasons behind your cravings for food and decide what is best for your body in the moment. That's the point of this, is to feed your body in order to fuel it so that you can continue to sustain your energy and movement in the direction of your goals. If you are trying to make healthier decisions for yourself and have goals with regards to your wellness or even your weight, please avoid cutting foods out entirely and instead start upgrading your options. If you're used to having soda every day, try flavored sparkling water and then eventually switch to unflavored sparkling water. Or add some club soda to fresh orange juice with a splash of coconut water for a refreshing, healthier option. If you love cookies and brownies, try making them at home with fresh, real ingredients. I have some recipes for sweet potato brownies that are absolutely delicious. I also make cookies from cassava flour, maple syrup, and sunflower seed butter. So start experimenting with healthier ingredients as alternatives. And if you need some inspiration, use Google. I have found so many incredible dairy-free, gluten-free, nut-free recipes online, and more than likely you're not quite as restricted as I am. But it's astonishing how much information is available out there. I like to sneak in veggies into my treats with grated zucchini or carrots or even beets. I add those also to my smoothies. But the point is to listen to your body, get to know what do you eat that makes you feel the best and have the most energy? Change things up until you are able to identify what works well with your system and constitution and what does not. Lastly, with regards to intuitive eating, if you're having some major digestive challenges and you've consulted with your doctor, I recommend looking up how to do an elimination protocol where you eliminate all foods that cause inflammation and stress on your system, usually done for about two weeks. This includes eliminating caffeine, alcohol, sugar, dairy, corn, soy, wheat, and potentially eggs, depending on whether or not you feel any affect of eggs on your digestive system. What it really is doing is getting back to the basics with mostly vegetables, some grains like brown rice, 
You can try congee rice. I make congee with brown rice and bone broth. You eat very simply, easy to digest foods. It's a very clean way of eating. And then you take notice each and every day about how you feel. There's no need to go to an extreme. You don't need to drink only juices, veggie juices for days on end. In fact, eliminating anything that can cause strain and stress on your digestive system and eating very simply can cause a really great reset for your body. After about two weeks, you can slowly start reintroducing foods one at a time and do so very slowly. That's extremely important. Each new food that you introduce, wait two or three days before you introduce something else. That way you can pay very close attention to what triggers symptoms, which may occur several days after you consume something. For me, I notice two or three days after I've eaten something that triggers symptoms, the symptoms occur much later than I imagine that they will. Depending on your situation, this may be something you need to have a doctor monitor or consult your doctor first. However, I've also done several elimination protocols to identify what I can and cannot tolerate, and I've learned so much from these experiences. Moving and eating intuitively are both mindfulness practices that will deepen your understanding and connection with your body and help you to move forward from a place that focuses more on how you feel rather than how you look. Mindfulness with movement and food is so important because it allows each individual to identify on a daily basis what your body needs and wants to find harmony and balance. Keep in mind though that we are all human and that sometimes this means steps forward followed by steps backward. And it's important to remember that that's okay. Recently, I've been experiencing more frequent flares in my digestive symptoms and I'm feeling challenged to uncover why the increase in pain and discomfort, despite being so focused on what and how I eat. It's easy for me to get caught up in the ways that having these limitations have held me back from traveling and doing things that I so desire. However, there is so much more for me to learn throughout the process and to remember that healing is a process rather than an event that occurs one day. When I feel good, I hope that it lasts forever and I do what I can to continue whatever it is that's working so as to prolong feeling good. And when I go into a flare that can last for weeks or even months, I remind myself that it is temporary that eventually I'll come out of it again and start feeling better. This is where I really lean into my faith and trust that there's a learning opportunity in the pain and discomfort and to continue putting one foot in front of the other to get to the other side. The practices of intuitive eating and intuitive movement definitely have helped me along the way.
As a reminder, I'm not a doctor, and I do suggest consulting your doctor before trying anything new, including an elimination protocol to help distinguish which foods are causing your system to have strain and challenges. That being said, if you're clear to try something like that and need any help or guidance along the way, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I've gone both the Eastern and Western medical route throughout my journey and have learned so much about nutrition, digestion, the nervous system, and how they are all interconnected. I'd love to answer your questions or be a support for you along your journey. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, requests, concerns, or if you need support in any way, please get in touch with me. My email is alia at aliayoga.com. And again, you spell my name A-H-L-I-A. If something stood out to you from today's episode, please do me a huge favor. Take a screenshot, share it on your social media, tag at What's Wellness Podcast and at Alia Yoga on Instagram, and I'll be sure to reshare. If I can ask another huge favor, please subscribe to this podcast, share it with your friends and family, help to spread the word about What's Wellness, and leave a review in the iTunes podcast store to have money donated on your behalf to Rob Machado Foundation and your warm words read on air. If you enjoy online yoga classes and home workouts, as well as guided meditations, find Alia Yoga on YouTube. And for more about what I offer, go to aliayoga.com. Thank you so much for tuning in to What's Wellness podcast today. One thing I'm grateful for is the process that I've been through because it has made me so strong, determined, and passionate about health and well-being. I feel so much compassion for people like myself who are going through health challenges and are committed to making the most out of every day and care about contributing to the planet. It's not always easy, but it's definitely helped to keep me going through the most uncomfortable times with my health. I've learned so much and feel grateful to have the opportunity to share this information and connect with you in this way. I'll tell you, for a long time, I didn't think I was ready to start a podcast because I'm not out of the woods yet, but I realized the actual journey, the process that I'm going through has some value to share and perhaps can light the way for others. Thank you once again for tuning in today, and I'll be back next Thursday with a brand new episode for you. Have a wonderful rest of your day and week, and be well. Oh, 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 oh,